When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, and we're excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. Okay, this week we are covering season one, episode 20. P.S. I love dot dot dot. <laughs> and the bio <laughs> for this episode is... Still upset over recent events, Rory becomes angry with Lorelai, who didn't tell her that she is dating again. Lots to discuss in this one. That's, yeah, there was so much that happened, and that that little blurb only covers one of the many things. Seriously. Well, let's get into it, and let's go fast first. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. I think you have to go first this time. Okay. (laughs) Sucker. That that laughter. Okay. It sounds a bit of malice. <laughs> Not really. There's so much that happens. I don't know how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You ready? I think so. Go. Uh, oh, gosh. I'm, I'm not ready. <laughs> okay, so uh, something that happens is uh, Rory is angry about Dean still. She's angry about Lorelai dating Max. She's angry at Lane for some reason because they're science partners and Lane didn't tell her. She runs away to the Gilmores. Of course, that's going to bother Lorelai. They end up making up by the end of the episode. Um, anything else, Max and Lorelai are dating again. They've been calling, but now they want to meet in person. And um, at yeah, no, that's all I got. Oh no, <laughs> it was like I was like a deer in headlights. I was like, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> okay, I gave you an extra two seconds because to make up for my you didn't horrible start. start. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That was kind. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you you did well once you got going though. Sometimes that's all it takes. You know, I didn't. Anyway, yeah, I was going to make some whole thing about not writing your thesis statement first if you don't, if you're not ready. But anyways. <laughs> All right. You can have your go at it. See how it feels. Okay. Okay. On your mark. Get set. Go. So we start off with uh, Rory feeling sad about Luke or about Dean. She's been really grumpy lately and she's even being grumpy towards Lorelai and Lane. Um, eventually she actually runs away and sleeps at the Gilmore's house. At the In the meantime, Lorelai has been shopping for Luke and causing a little bit of weirdness between him and Rachel. And uh, Lorelai has also been talking with Mr. Medina and they're going to start dating again and Rory is even more angry about that. Um, and then at the end they all make up. Okay. <laughs> Nice. Uh. <laughs> I totally forgot to include anything about the Luke and the shopping stuff. Yeah, I guess it wasn't quite as important as the other things. It had its place <laughs> in the episode, but uh, let's slow down so we can get to it in good time. I liked how we began this episode, which was at Luke's, and Rory looks 
the most like a teenager that she's ever looked, like falling asleep during breakfast. And in an attempt to get her re-energized, Lorelai proposes that they play one, two, three, he's yours, which is a story or a game I've never heard of except for in this. (laughs) But it was pretty fun. It's like they stare out the window and for three guys who come by, they get to either claim them or say next, Mm -hmm. I guess. But then if they haven't claimed anybody or the third... That means that's the person you're stuck with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like it's stuck with Kurt. Yeah. Which I love. This scene was my Stars Hollow moment <laughs> because yes. I enjoyed it. I had, I was laughing quite a lot and mm-hmm. it was just so, it was so sweet. And you get the idea that they've probably played this a lot before. And it really did cheer up Rory, um, who had mm-hmm. seemed like in her <laughs> funk, like you mentioned. And I thought it was so funny when uh kirk walks by and lorelei realizes he's the third guy so she's stuck with him as her husband and rory says daddy (laughs) and says maybe he'll buy me a pony and then when kirk walks walks into the diner luke like slaps him on the shoulder and says congratulations and kirk um is very confused he is seeing Lorelai and Rory laugh at him, and he wonders if someone put a kick me sign on his back again, which is a little sad, <laughs> actually, Kirk. and he says he has asthma. I'm not totally sure how that's related to someone putting the sign on his back, maybe because they were making fun of him, but either way, it was overall a delightful way to open up an otherwise episode full of angst. <laughs> And the cold open does end on a note of angst because Rory, when it's Rory's turn to play this one, two, three game, the first person they see when they look out the window is Dean and it's just very awkward and they kind of like retract and just stop playing the game entirely. And yeah, you get the sense that this whole Rory and Dean drama saga is going to continue. (laughs) Especially with the last couple episodes, the main person we've been seeing for Rory has been Tristan. So we haven't really gotten that much closure with Dean. Mm -hmm. We hadn't seen him in a while, actually. Yeah, strangely. But he's definitely in this episode. (laughs) More (laughs) Kind of a silent drama starter. Yeah. (laughs) And more on Dean later. For now, the episode moves to the Independence Inn where Lorelai is working and receives a personal call, which Michelle, like, throws the phone at her. (laughs) Um, Because, of course, like, how could Michelle, you know, he has to deal with phone calls and the absurdity of Lorelai receiving a personal phone call is just a bit too much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, It is like getting personal calls on the work phone, you know. mm -hmm. But I guess she runs the place, so it's a little bit different. Right, right. And it is Max calling from the teacher's lounge. They make a few different sexy jokes about this. And ultimately, Max is calling because he says they've been having phone calls for a few weeks. And he wants to go on a date this weekend. He thinks they're ready. Um how did you feel about this update on Max and Lorelai? Because we've had a lot to say in the past. <laughs> yeah, I had two main thoughts. The first one was that I thought it was very strange he called her Ms. Gilmore. Mm-hmm. It was just a very interesting emphasis. <laughs> but aside from that, I thought it was kind of 
I mean, it's good that they've been talking and that's gone well for them. It has only been a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and their circumstances haven't changed. And also Lorelai still hasn't, as we find out, like told Rory or anybody. So it kind of seems like they aren't actually in the place he thinks they are. Yeah. I thought that maybe he could have saved this conversation for one of their actual phone dates and Mm -hmm. talked about it then so they could actually talk about it. Because it definitely didn't seem like quite the time yet. I agree. I was just wondering like what resolution has been reached because I thought Mm -hmm. the whole idea of them doing the phone calls was to like talk it out and find a solution for their circumstances. And I was like... I don't think anything has changed and I feel like that will stay true. It's going to cause problems within this very episode. Mm-hmm. So I had mixed feelings about it. <laughs> I almost wondered from the beginning of their of their phone call, which was very like flirty, whether all that they had been doing in their phone chats was just like flirting and yeah, getting each other like hot and bothered and stuff. <laughs> I know. Is it sex scene if it's a phone call? Is it still sex scene? Or phone sex, I guess. Yeah. there's. I feel like that's what they're doing. <laughs> Let's be totally honest. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> In the teacher's lounge of all places. Well, she said, I thought you're going to call later. So I do think they have been doing it in private locations. Hopefully. <laughs> It was, like, some interesting wit where, like, anybody listening on the other side might not really be able to tell what was happening. Right, right. Except for... On Lorelai's side, I think it was pretty obvious. Yeah, she said she'd tell him what color underwear she was wearing if he made a gorilla (laughs) sound, which I'm not even going to (laughs) unpack. Yeah, that's just weird. She's just being weird, yeah. (laughs) We also, after the scene in the inn, we get a little bit of just hanging out around Stars Hollow. And I really liked this scene. It does have my Stars Hollow moment in it, but... It has a very specific one. Mm. So we start off with um, Lane coming out of Deucey's. She's picked up a whole bunch of things that Rory supposedly needed because Rory refuses to go in there in case she runs into Dean. <laughs> and she's been keeping track of Dean's whereabouts, <laughs> which is kind of creepy, mm-hmm. but I understand why she's doing it. And Lane tells her that Wednesdays are now all clear for going to Deucey's. Mm-hmm. She also mentions that she has a science partner, but doesn't say anything more at this point, which is very suspicious. Mm-hmm. But my Star's Hollow moment comes a second after this when we see Lorelai walking around the streets of Star's Hollow and she runs into Luke, <laughs> who is coming out of a store that needs a lot of more screen time. I want to go inside. I want to see what their inventory is. <laughs> The window sign says um, Le Chat Club, but Lorelai calls it just the Cat Club, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a store with everything cat, which I love. Mm-hmm. I'm a, an old cat lady. And Luke has been shopping for Rachel and he's gotten her these pot holders with cats on them that meow, which is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Seriously. And I, I loved this moment. <laughs> I know. We've oddly talked a lot about gift giving in our recaps. Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect example of what we said 
based on Lane's advice many, many episodes ago about making sure the gift is correct to the person and what they would actually like. Like So, like, Luke would be getting you a perfect present right now. <laughs> but That's not true. Rachel. We haven't seen – she doesn't even have a cat. Do, is she? Does yeah. she like cats? We don't really know. And Luke goes on this whole rant about how he doesn't enjoy buying and receiving gifts. And when it's, like, a special day, like a birthday, if he doesn't get the proper gift, all of a sudden he sucks. And um, I just thought this – I thought, hey, is this foreshadowing – for a scene that you actually just shared on our Instagram yesterday for Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. So we're recording this, you know, it's going to be, when you're listening to this, it will be later. But you shared the scene from like Martha's Vineyard where Luke didn't get Lorelai anything for Valentine's Day. And people were commenting like, oh, this is not Luke's best moment, you know, it's, um, and I just thought maybe all along he's simply not a material person and he would rather show his love, rather show his love and love, yeah, in other ways. But uh, in gruff sometimes ways. people like presents, though, as Lorelai says yeah. here. I remember there's also a scene where he's trying to get something for April mm. and Lorelai inter- intervenes. But yeah, he's definitely not great at gift giving. He does seem to be good at uh, giving people food. I guess that's his love language right. is like personalized food, which is nice. <laughs> he did well for Rory's birthday with like the balloons mm-hmm. and the food, like you said. So I think it, he's more of the like sp- provide time, you know, like his services mm-hmm. and his skills. He will like show his love in that way. And it's like food, of course. Uh, yeah. But the scene did have my gazebo moment in it. I wondered if this oh, would yeah. be it. <laughs> well, it's the return of my favorite side of Luke, which is activist <laughs> Luke. And as we've said before, we're not sure like how long this take on his character will be in the show. Like we've like wondered if it's gonna be flattened later on just based on our memory. So I wanna keep like highlighting it while it's here. Um and his activism in this scene relates to a rant about malls which was perfect (laughs) he says malls will overprice merchandise they underplay employees they lead to urban sprawl they encourage materialism and of course maybe the worst of all the parking is horrible (laughs) and he's right on all accounts (laughs) completely and Lorelai responds like who are you Emma Goldman or she calls him Emma Goldman, which is a reference to an anarchist political activist, so linking him to, like, anarchism, which is pretty fun. And overall, I just really enjoyed the moment. And I was like, right on, Luke, right on. (laughs) Yeah, I loved it. Mm -hmm. Especially talking to Lorelai, who's such a, like, she loves shopping. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I liked this. My dad, every, my parents live in Buffalo, New York, and every time I visit them, and we drive into the city. My dad complains about urban sprawl <laughs> and how it's like, especially the highways and all the other things that contribute to urban sprawl have like decimated different parts of the city because they cut people off from food sources mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's like, I I feel like Luke would be interested in that conversation. <laughs> he would agree. Completely. My gazebo moment comes right after this, so... Um, after this scene, we go to 
a little bit later in the day to Kim's Antiques where Lane is getting ready for to do homework and Dean shows up and dun dun dun. The we find out that partner is <laughs> yeah, Dean? Dean is the science partner. And my gazebo moment was Mrs. Kim's reaction to this. <laughs> she freaks out, thinks that they're going to be up to something. Um, she sets them on two opposite sides of the table and says that she'll be back soon, that the chairs better not move. And then she walks out of the room and looks back at them and stares them in the eye and says, I see all. <laughs> and I loved it. It was so good. So dramatic. She's God. <laughs> Yes. She reminded me of, like, Sauron from Lord of the Rings or something. Mm -hmm. Dean compares her to Patton. Like, has she seen the movie Patton, which was, like, that general in, what, World War II or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's that, like, whole long movie about him, and (laughs) I think he was intimidating, too. Probably not as intimidating as Mrs. Kim, though. Yeah, that's true. I've never seen that. I think I watched a clip in, like, history class. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) but mrs kim eventually leaves them to it um frightened out of their wits but Hmm. they both acknowledge that this is super weird and lane tries to set a boundary which (laughs) i thought was really great she was like we have this unspoken rule that we're not going to talk about rory because i'd make things really awkward which is true Mm -hmm. (laughs) then she says can i ask you a really personal question (laughs) yeah Sometimes the boundaries we set for ourselves, we do not follow. (laughs) Yeah. I liked that she tried, and it would have been good if it had lasted, but I don't know. They also got into talking about some interesting things. Mm -hmm. I kind of liked the unexpected pairing. Like, we had never seen Mm -hmm. a scene with only Lane and Dean, so I thought it brought something interesting just from a standpoint of seeing two characters interact and like what will arise, how what will their dynamic be. Um, and I also thought, I was like, I think Dean is looking a bit cuter to me. And I think it's because yeah, Absence... Okay, good. I was like, does Absence <laughs> make the heart grow fonder? Just he his look... I feel like, I don't know, he just looked more handsome in the scene. I felt like the hair was falling the right way. His, like, little earnest face, like, it was, it was working. <laughs> he has, like, I don't, was he wearing, like, a turtleneck or something or, like, a mock neck? I know he had the leather jacket on still with, like, cargo shorts, which was not, not as good, but. <laughs> yeah, very strange. <laughs> he reminded me so much of Sean from Boys Meets World, which was, oh, mm-hmm. like, the epitome of, I mean, like middle school and high school like 90s boy yeah the floppy hair and everything yeah he was good it was good it was a good look (laughs) sadly as they're talking um the worst possible thing that could happen happens and rory shows up and it's terrible and awkward and she like bolts out of there Mm -hmm. i felt so bad for her at this because it's just like she'd already been really upset about things and just kind of in a funk and then I'm sure like logically she knows that this isn't a betrayal but it would definitely feel like a betrayal from Lane Mm -hmm. so I definitely I understand where she was coming from with being so hurt about it yeah and it it just like it took me back to memories of like high school friendship pain (laughs) and stuff which is like it digs deep it really really sucks Mm -hmm. yeah and 
Like, and you can see Lane's side of it, too, as she'll say later. Like, she was just trying to protect her and not cause her even more hurt. But, of course, because she finds out, it hurts even worse than I think if Lane had said, hey, Dean is my science partner, and it probably would have been awkward. But, um, yeah. Ah, poor Rory. I mean, if if Lane had mentioned it, then at least Rory would have known to not show up that evening. Yeah. <laughs> Even if she was still, like, angry about it, she would have prevented herself that Mm -hmm. discomfort. Well, things will get worse before they get better in this episode in terms (laughs) of Rory and Lane. But for now, we move to a new day. It's the next day. Rory wakes up very crabby, lashing out at Lorelai. Lorelai even offers to let Rory cut school and go to the mall with her, but Rory turns her down. And, like, if my mom had offered for me to just have a day off school randomly, totally would have taken her up on the offer. (laughs) I even thought that Lorelai was, like, begging her to take the day off. Like, she just needs rest, you know? Yeah, she really does. And I could understand that, like, Missing a day at Chilton would probably throw her back yeah. even more. Yeah. But at this point, she needs, like, she's just so emotionally disgruntled that being at school obviously doesn't, she's not getting anything from it, so she needs a day off. Mm-hmm. But I guess I also forgot to mention earlier that Lorelai is going shopping for Luke to help him come up with a better present for Rachel, so that's why she wants to go shopping. Yeah, and I had two thoughts about Lorelai convincing Luke to let her pick out a gift for Rachel on his behalf. The first thought was, I think this is a continued, like, boundary crossing (laughs) from Mm -hmm. what we said last episode about, like, it was inappropriate of Rachel to ask Lorelai to intervene in the relationship. And I think that is, again, true here. But secondly, to offer a slightly different and exciting reading, I think this is further evidence for my suggestion that they could be a good throuple because Lorelai, like, sees Luke struggling to find a gift for Rachel. She just wants to help him out. She's like, he's stressed. I want to make him feel better. I'm good at getting gifts. And then, so that's a sign that, you know, they work. But then it's also more important, does she work with Rachel as well? And I think, yeah, because clearly, as we're about to see in the next scene, she knew exactly what to get Rachel. Like, she gets her, too. She mm-hmm. wants to get her a gift. She wants her to have a good birthday as well. So I think Lorelai cares, could care for both of them equally. And they could all three bring something unique to the table. So, yeah. That would be a great spin-off <laughs> show. I feel like they would all get their needs met by each other (laughs) like Rachel would have like the freedom to go off if she needed to because she wouldn't be leaving either person alone Mm -hmm. but she'd still have that support system Mm -hmm. Luke wouldn't feel as like tethered and un I don't (laughs) tethered and unstable Mm -hmm. which are two opposing (laughs) contradictions (laughs) but because he feels kind of unstable with Rachel around but also like he kind of has to Like, when she's there, they have to pick up again, you know? Mm -hmm. Lorelai would just get her excitement and her grumpiness, Mm -hmm. which is all she needs. (laughs) So, yeah. I don't think the spinoff would have been allowed to be on the... It was the WB, right? That's what they started off with. HBO, (laughs) though. Yeah. Forget the revival. (laughs) 
that's the new content we need <laughs> yeah like okay yeah so Lorelai Luke are just living around whatever still like within the context of the revival the next season is just Rachel arrives back in town and they all connect mm-hmm. later on in life and she's like can I join your relationship <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yes, and it works out perfectly. And they're all taking care they of Rory's all... baby for some reason. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. Rory's kid has three grandparents. It's like Mamma Mia. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. great. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. We should send this in as a show pitch. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get some bites. <laughs> no one can take this idea if you're listening. We claim it. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright. I'm sure that's how copyright works. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so uh, Lorelai shows up at Luke's with a ton of uh, shopping bags. Uh, this scene was oh. my Lorelai's closet moment because, as she says, she has exceptional taste. And I thought this whole, um, all of the spoils of her finds at the mall were like a demonstration of how good she is at shopping. You know, she got... Really good books tailored, I mean, she got good gifts tailored to Rachel, such as a book they talked about, a new camera bag, like things Rachel's actually shown interest in. But then I think the really fun thing is that she got Luke all of these clothes from the men's department that were all on sale and whatnot. And she says, like, um, when talking about makeovers, she says it's about variety so she says she likes his casual side but she wants to provide a variety you know so you can have some nicer clothes too and she says it's not about making a new Luke um it's about like seeing the old one but having the variety having multiple sides and stuff and that that's what we talked about when we were talking about makeovers in Paris and how like Mm -hmm. the sign of a true makeover is one that like enhances the person who's already there rather than like replacing them with some kind of artificial style that's not really there so I don't know if she really succeeded in that when we see the clothes she got for him later on but in terms of her goals and her intuition and her view of makeovers that's why I nominated this <laughs> yeah I like that I can't really see him in a suit mm-hmm. and the like all black out- outfit was a little bit much on him yeah it was a little strange I don't know yeah (laughs) but the belt did help like she said (laughs) yeah so after Lorelai shows up she is dressing Luke which I thought was hilarious Mm -hmm. she's like helping him I don't know get a tag off the belt or something and Rachel shows up in that moment of course Mm -hmm. as Lorelai is like bending over reaching into Luke's pants (laughs) in the middle of the diner (laughs) yeah and understandably she gives them a very strange look Mm -hmm. like what's going on here Lorelai tries to explain it away but there's really no explaining that um and then she just leaves so we're left like with barely a word from Rachel but it's super awkward and we get the idea that there's some tension there that uh needs to be resolved somehow yeah I would be concerned if I was Rachel as well in that mm-hmm. moment. So I didn't really blame her. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, she'd already kind of hinted in the last episode that she thought there was something there. Like she had that photo of them. And we had proposed last week that maybe her like asking Lorelai to help was kind of 
had ulterior motives, not just to get her and Luke back together, but also to like stake a claim on Luke or, you know, get Lorelai kind of entangled. Right. So we kind of like, it seems apparent that Rachel had some sort of idea that there was something going on here. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel, yeah, this just kind of confirms it yeah. in a very awkward way. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like something the two of them have discussed either. Um, mm-hmm. Because, of course, I think men and women can be friends even if he's in the relationship, you know. But if it's like a very flirty kind of friendship, I do think you owe it mm-hmm. to your partner to have a discussion like, are you comfortable with me having this close connection? Do you need me to like not flirt, for example, or not let mm-hmm. another woman dress me and like set <laughs> discuss what they're comfortable with because clearly Rachel's face when she comes in is not the face of a comfortable person (laughs) so that's why it's really a problem you know (laughs) communication people they just need to learn how to communicate but I guess the entire show is based off of everybody's terrible (laughs) communication I know I'm like at what point do I sound like a broken record for being like they have no boundaries or they're not thinking of Rory when it's like hmm perhaps that is just me identifying the very conflict that makes it an interesting show so (laughs) gotta think about how I analyze I suppose but (laughs) they do in so many different ways yeah (laughs) okay moving on while Lorelai has been shopping Rory has dutifully been at school not really getting much out of it she's just staring out the window wistfully not really listening to Max Medina's lesson on a certain author named henry james which was my rory's bookshelf (laughs) oh it was mine too since the only reference that i recognized Mm -hmm. (laughs) what did you pick this for i haven't read that much by henry james but i do love he has like a short novella horror story Mm -hmm. called the turn of the screw Mm -hmm. which i love and I've taught it a couple times because it's nice and creepy, but yeah, not like 21st century type of horror. That's all blood and guts and everything, but it's pretty. It's pretty fun. A mm-hmm. good like gothic horror. Yeah. Um. That's yeah. That's that's mostly all that I have on Henry James. <laughs> Why did you pick him? I picked because he's definitely within like the range of what I read for school in my like turn of turn blah blah blah. <laughs> 19th century turning into the 20th century and a bunch of like realist writers and Henry James has a reputation for being like the ultimate realist writer and that's definitely how Max Medina is like portraying him he's like I think Max is very romantic about it he's like Mm -hmm. oh his art developed so much from he started out with simplicity of narrative and then to rich complexity and the art of fiction which is an essay he wrote And Max is like, it's a manifesto with basic truths that still remain in fiction today. And (laughs) I don't feel so like, (laughs) I think that's kind of like a very over the top view of James. And it's the, you know, the great white male, like people love to hold them up as like champions of things. But he was very great at what he did, like, which was like psychological realism, you know, like he could spend like the longest paragraph you've ever seen just like twisted sentences about like the inner workings of a character it's like not really about plot so much (laughs) 
yeah, the only other thing I would point out too, well, it is interesting because like there's rumor, I don't know if it's confirmed. I mean, it probably is, but Henry James wasn't married. Like he was most likely homosexual too. So that's a fun angle to his character. Um, but the last thing is that I noticed Max Medina's assignment related to Henry James was something that kind of blew my mind. He says, pick a book, read it carefully, and you need to have a like a book report on his desk in a week. And just to take, for example, one of James's like most famous novels is The Portrait of a Lady, I think. It's like 400 or 500 pages of very dense, like complex long paragraphs it's not a quick read at all and he said novel too like they didn't they're not allowed to read the novella you mentioned you know so I'm like to read that in a single week and then write a report about it I was shocked there's no way I would never assign something like that I was I wouldn't assign that in college let alone like sophomore year of high school it it kind of like goes back to what we talked about a long time ago with the Shakespeare exam, which was just, like, memorizing all these facts about Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And there's no, like, interaction with the the work. Yeah. And that's exactly what this assignment does also. It's just, like, prove that you read this. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's nothing else to that assignment. It's really <laughs> sad. <sighs> Disappointing again, Mr. Medina. Yeah. And speaking of disappointing, within this scene, Paris and Rory are also fairly antagonistic toward each other. Uh, Paris, like, pushes a book at her to make her jump because she's, like, not paying attention. And then they both kind of, like, snip at each other a little bit. And it's just upsetting to see them so cold and distant after they were relatively close friends before their Tristan debacle. We also get a major faux pas from Mr. Medina at the end of this scene. Mm -hmm. He calls Rory to the front of the class, which initially seems fine because she had just kind of been like staring out the the window and hadn't been paying attention. So seems like he just wanted to check in on her. Mm -hmm. But then he starts revealing information that he's gotten from his phone calls with Lorelai Like, he talks about her breakup with Dean and Rory, who has had no idea so far that they were talking, becomes even more upset with this. Mm -hmm. Um, She's, like, pretty standoffish, I think, to Mr. Medina, which we've never really seen her be, except for, like, the Deer Hunter episode at the very (laughs) beginning of the season. We've never seen her be, like disrespectful to a teacher I don't I don't even think that she was disrespectful here like he was crossing a boundary in the classroom Mm -hmm. like talking about her personal life but she wasn't being like her normal super sweet kind of pliable person to authority figures (laughs) I know this was a sign to me that I think all of their phone calls were just sex related <laughs> because yeah. it, they should have established within those phone calls like what went wrong last time, what would allow us to work this time. And a simple answer to that would be Max do not talk to Rory about anything personal at school ever. Uh, end mm-hmm. of story. Even if it's like okay and I don't know or like 
Yeah, I just don't know why they thought they were ready when he's still her teacher. He's still bringing up personal stuff at school. Sure, it was good intentions here. He was like genuinely trying to make sure she was okay, but that like it's just like nothing has changed. Nothing is different. He's still her teacher. They still have not established boundaries here. <laughs> it's getting a little <laughs> old at this point for me. <laughs> Yeah, and they keep, like, expecting or leaving the boundaries for Rory to put, Mm -hmm. like, waiting for her to say that it's not okay for him to talk about this stuff with her at school, but that's so unfair. Yeah. Like, she is a kid, this is her teacher, That's and, like, she has no idea that he's dating her mom again, so why Mm -hmm. would she ever, like, think that she has a different relationship i don't know it's just so unfair to rory she was already in such a bad mood and i just this whole this whole time i just like (laughs) this whole episode just reminded me so much of high school angst and Mm -hmm. i was like oh this is so bad i know i was like this is all far too much for like a hormonal teenager going Mm -hmm. through a breakup having drama with her mom and her friend Mm -hmm. and like it all just like escalates so quickly (laughs) Yeah, uh, reading a whole Henry James novel in one week. I know, seriously. Uh, poor girl. We interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor. I'm going to guess that you have spent at least one hour in the past week watching cats do adorable things on the internet, and who can blame you? Cats are darn cute. Here at Le Shot Club, or the Cat Club, as our American patrons like to say, We are obsessed with cats. Everything in our store is covered in cats. Need a hat? How about a cat hat with cute little ewes? Need a bathroom rug? How about one shaped like a cat that purrs when you step on it? Need pot holders? How about cat pot holders? They even meow, which will be sure to get your live cats all in a tizzy. Anything you can dream of, we have it. With cats. This week and this week only, Le Chat Club has a special offer for Talking Fast listeners. Bring in a picture of your own wee gremlin and we will put it on whatever piece of merchandise you choose for 50% off. That means you can have little fluffy boop staring at you from the face of a clock or a pillow with McPooper's face right on it. You can even bring in a picture of your black cat to be put onto a toilet seat cover. When you stare into the void and the void stares back, you know you've got a cat. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to show your appreciation for your favorite feline friend. Well, speaking of things escalating and going just further and further wrong, Lane meets Rory as she's getting off the bus from school with like two cups of coffee, trying to kind of mend the fence or bridge or whatever that saying is but Rory is not really having this I think she's definitely misplacing her anger at Lorelai onto Lane in this moment because she's just heard about Lorelai not telling her about Max and Lane comes up and I feel like she kind of just like punching bag style takes it out on Lane a bit um, saying she's so frustrated that everyone is trying to protect her kind of like babying her in a way when she's like, I'm strong enough. You could have just told me he was your science partner. This is when Lane says she just didn't want to make her like hurt anymore. 
But I think, like, it's just, like, Lane happened to be there. And Roy, like, kind of took it out Mm -hmm. on her. Yeah, I felt so bad for Lane here. Because she was, like, she was just trying to, like, she brought her coffee and everything. She was really trying to mend this. And even, like, the night before, she hadn't really done anything Yeah, she doesn't completely have something to feel so bad about, I don't think. It was, like, a misunderstanding. Yeah, I mean... Could she have told Rory about Dean earlier? Yes. But <laughs> she also had very good reason to believe that it wouldn't go well. So definitely understand why she didn't. And yeah, I felt really bad for her in this because she was, she kept trying to get Rory to like see what was going on and that it wasn't like anything personal. It wasn't something to be that upset about. But yeah, you're right. Rory was just taking out her fight with Lorelai or her ideas about Lorelai on Lane <laughs> and Lane ultimately gets a bit worked up as well and says like fine if you don't want me to protect you next time we're walking together on the sidewalk I'll just push you into oncoming traffic basically <laughs> which was a really funny yeah. joke <laughs> yeah I kind of got the feeling that Lane was like angry about it but mm-hmm. she also it wasn't it was something that could be mended <laughs> even with that bad ending, which is good. And, like, their friendship has gone through stuff like that before, just in this season when we've seen them mend things, so it's hopeful. I did, like, have this thought as Rory, like, it seems like Rory's main thing that she's, like, the way that she's framing her anger is that she's annoyed people keep trying to, like, protect her or shelter her in a way, and... It made me think a bit more about, like, how everyone does treat Rory throughout the whole show. And I feel like the common thread of critiques from, like, viewers is, like, how Rory's character ends up in the end is, like, a lot lot of a result of how people have, like, protected her or idolized her for some or sheltered Mm -hmm. her for her whole like existence and so then like the common reads of like why she's like unsuccessful in her career she's so like (laughs) rootless and like just doing shitty things and like hurting people and the revival and all that stuff is like a lot of people say it's a result of like what she kind of is protesting in this moment like just let me be like don't you don't need to protect me um so I thought that was interesting but it's obviously yeah. more complicated than that because she herself is, like, sheltering herself by not even going in the market and things. So, like, I think though she's angry about it right now, I think part of her also, like, is just so used to that being the reality. Like, she's the star mm-hmm. of the town and everyone's always going to, like, like shelter her and protect her and, like, go to bat for her in that way. And she might be angry about it now, but I don't know if she always is, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about, like, the... Mr. Huntsberger thing when she's Mm -hmm. his intern and he gives her some harsh feedback, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, we'll get into whether it was justified or not, but (laughs) the way that she she reacts to that is, yeah, way overblown. And I agree. I think it does kind of point to how she's not had to deal with any of that so far. Like, she hasn't had to even see Dean Mm -hmm. (laughs) this whole time. And when she does, people, like, try and divert her attention as quickly as possible. 
That's a good, yeah, a good connection to the Mr. Hunsberger thing. Because the first time I watched that, I thought, yeah, of course Rory spiraled so much after that. He was so rude. It was, like, life-altering. Of course she had to drop out of Yale to, like, recover. <laughs> and now when I watch it again, it's like, yeah, that's some really harsh feedback. But mm-hmm. perhaps don't let it alter your entire, like, life course the same way I felt when I was watching New Moon well reading when I read New Moon as like a junior high or maybe even in like sixth grade and I was reading those pages where it's like the month per page you know and I'm like of course Bella's so sad Edward left it was her true love I would feel the same way and then even just like a few years later in high school or something I'm like Oh my gosh, that was so messed up. I see why my mom was really worried when I when I was reading that book and she's like, that's not a that's not a good way to react to a breakup. So. You can react that way in your diary, but mm-hmm. life goes on. <laughs> At least, you know, Rory is in a funk following her breakup, but she's not Bella Lev- Bella levels mm-hmm. as in New Moon when that's Edward leaves. So she's doing okay, really. <laughs> Yeah, she's getting good grades and everything still, which is, I think, pretty admirable, but also maybe like an avoidant kind of tendency. Right, right. So moving on from that Lane fight, unfortunately, to a Lorelai fight with Rory and Lorelai, hashing out a lot of the same talking points, except that in this case, she's bringing in the whole Max thing that she just found out about. And this fight gets ugly between them. Yeah, I thought it was, like, Lorelai's initial explanation of why she didn't tell Rory was interesting. Like, she went off on this whole story about how when she was in high school, um, she had just broken up with somebody and one of her friends had just gotten with somebody and kept rubbing in her face. Navina Cutler. (laughs) Such a good name. And Lorelai didn't want to do that to Rory, which I definitely understand especially because we saw like we saw them that when they when her and Mr. Medina had their hookup the next thing was Rory coming home saying that they that she wanted to wallow yeah and we talked about that at the time like how Lorelai was coming from such a high to like such a low and she didn't Mm -hmm. mention anything she just started to comfort Rory so I'm like this adds up like I thought it was a legitimate explanation but there had been some time <laughs> in between them. And also I was thinking like if Lorelai has been having evening conversations with Max this whole time, where was she doing that? Like was she <laughs> doing that in her bedroom like hiding from Rory so Rory didn't know? Because that adds a whole different dimension. Yeah. And like if she had just been talking in the living room and Rory was doing homework and just never noticed and never asked, that's one thing. But if if she was actively hiding it, that's a very different thing. Yeah. And when we find out she hasn't told anyone either, anyone else either, mm-hmm. that adds an element to it. Like, does Lorelai herself suspect that they might break up again, which is something Rory throws at her in this yeah. argument. Like, she's saying, you're just going to break up again and then get back together and then break up. Let me know when you're on, like, the something inning or I don't know. Yeah, that was so harsh. It was very harsh. <laughs> and then... After this fight, um, Lorelai goes into doses, and of course Rory won't go in because it's not Wednesday, so Dean will probably be there. And then the next thing we see is Lorelai going home 
and Rory's not there. Mm-hmm. And we know uh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. When it cuts to Emily and Richard getting ready for their fourth event that week. And so we don't quite know how this is connected to Rory. I mean, we don't quite know how this is connected to Lorelai not being able to find Rory, but I think many of us probably had a premonition, you know, but mm-hmm. they build in some suspense within the narrative of the show, which is nice. And we just are seeing Richard complain about how he's going to this uh, fundraiser for the for some kind of pansy, um, <laughs> a flower. And Emily says, well, we have to go because I'm the president of the Horticultural Society I just want to say call back to my Friday night dinner critique of her her um her charity, you know, when it's only for uh, society and co- like show of like wealth and status mm-hmm. and whatnot. That's exactly what she's doing now, forcing Richard to be her date. <laughs> and the next day they're going to go to a symphony fundraiser. So it's like at least for the symphony fundraiser, you could be raising money for for the arts like within your community too. They probably go to the symphony, so at least that one was more directly related to their life, unlike this random flower that they've never maybe never seen, who even knows like whatever. Uh, yeah. but <laughs> To Richard's delight, Rory shows up at the door. This was like the big suspenseful, oh, she ran away. She did not tell Lorelai mm-hmm. she was coming to the Gilmores. And she shows up in a taxi and Richard pays for it. And uh, Rory tells Emily that Lorelai and her had a fight. And you can just see like Emily like yeah trying to hold back like her glee basically that rory (laughs) ran away to her house like what a twist (laughs) she is the safe space Mm -hmm. yeah she attempts to kind of like get more out of rory but i really i really liked this richard tells her to leave rory alone and Mm -hmm. because he can tell that rory just wants to be alone and Emily asks him how and he how, how he knows that and he says ah, I can just tell <laughs> and I liked this because it just shows like another level of their connection mm-hmm. and he was right Rory just wanted to be left alone yeah he also said another great thing <laughs> which is as Rory was going upstairs Emily tells him to say something comforting <laughs> and he says I'm sorry you're upset but I applaud your timing <laughs> I love I that it. yeah he didn't have to go to this weird dinner. Um, but Emily is super excited that Rory's there, that Rory came to her. She left Lorelai and came to her. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a dream come true for Emily. I know. Strangely. I actually feel like of the like rejoicing that she's probably doing internally, she kept it pretty toned down, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think on the inside, she was like leaping with joy and like self righteousness and a whole bunch of other feelings, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We see, we return to Stars Hollow to see that Lorelai is frantically searching for Rory, not knowing she's at the Gilmore's. Um, Sookie is there to calm her, and so is Max, which I thought was interesting. Uh, They're all looking Mm -hmm. around. Lorelai has tried Mrs. Kim's. Sookie goes to try to check with Dean. Um, She didn't call her parents, though, which kind of shows, like, how she underestimates them and how, 
like what for her is hell is for Rory like actually a safe place (laughs) she totally underestimates Mm -hmm. that because she herself you know ran away from that home whereas Rory ran to it which is a big reverse yeah (laughs) I was pretty interested also in Mr. Medina's presence because it reminded me of the chick debacle (laughs) when Lorelai called Luke to come and help her find Rory's chick Mm -hmm. um, in the Donna Reed episode. And I thought it was kind of like a progression in a way. We've been talking so much about how Lorelai and Luke don't have really boundaries in their relationship, but I thought that this showed a bit of a progression because she could have called Luke and he probably would have been more helpful because he knows the area. Mm -hmm. But she called Max because Max, of course, is her current love interest and she doesn't tell Luke until the next day. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I don't know if we could read that necessarily as her respecting that Luke isn't her first on-call person. Like, he has Rachel. He needs... There needs to be some distance between them. Or if she just called Max because that's her squeeze at the moment. I don't know. <laughs> but I thought it I thought it was a good sign. I was also surprised that she didn't call Luke and I didn't totally realize it until she tells him the next day. And I yeah. <sighs> I guess it's progress. But on the inside yeah. <laughs> my ship I'm just like, she should have called Luke. He could have helped. Yeah. He would have been great. He's already Rory's de facto father. He cared more mm-hmm. than Max though. I mean Max cares too, but <laughs> no I think you're right yeah it he would have known sign. exactly where to look we do after this um the phone rings and it's Emily on the phone kind of again gleefully <laughs> telling Lorelai that Rory is there um Lorelai asks to talk to Rory and you can tell Emily is like loving that she can she can draw a boundary between mm-hmm. um Lorelai and Rory she can be like the wall between them and say no Rory's Mm -hmm. sleeping she wants to be left alone yeah and she she can like kind of I guess rub it in Lorelai's face that maybe their relationship isn't as perfect as Lorelai always said it was yeah yeah that's a perfect term like to be the wall like she loves that she gets (laughs) to be the wall between the two of them because so So many times it's Lorelai that has been the Mm -hmm. wall between Rory and her grandparents. And she gets to be that, if only for just one night. (laughs) And again, it's like subtly cold too. Like she's not like, I expected like a blowout fight between them on the phone, but it was actually far more restrained. But that doesn't mean like (laughs) the coldness wasn't communicated through the words, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I thought Emily did that on purpose to kind of, it was like a superiority show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she she is Rory's preferred person. She's not even going to stoop so low as to talk to, right. like get angry with Lorelai about this or let totally. Lorelai even get angry with her. Yeah. And Lorelai, once they hang up, Lorelai makes a comment um, because Max says like, oh, it's good that Rory is safe. And Lorelai says, no one is safe with my mother. That house is not safe. And I think that, again, reiterates the fact that it is safe for Rory. And, like, Rory <laughs> viewed it that way. And when you see her with her grandparents, 
despite all of the troubling con- like context, like they do all three of them get along very well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, tomorrow at like um, the breakfast table and um, like it is a safe space for Rory. She does like to go to her grandparents and it had me thinking about all like the sleepovers I had at my grandparents' house, you know, like when they would babysit me for my family and it's like just like a side note but it was like it's like a unique kind of sleepover to go stay with your grandparents and they're so like doting on you you know as the kid and made me think of that like of course (laughs) because it's the Gilmores like Rory is having the sleepover because of like bad things happening but sometimes it's nice (laughs) yeah that got me thinking about (laughs) spending the night at my grandparents house Mm -hmm. we'd get to watch disney movies which Mm -hmm. my parents didn't allow we got to have marshmallows for dessert (laughs) that's amazing it's like heaven (laughs) i know there are like a few my grandparents had a few vcr um like tapes that i could watch Mm -hmm. one of them was like the barney movie and one of them was like a compilation of Shirley Temple videos. Oh. I think that might have been it. There might have been a few more, but like I have that distinct memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My grandparents had Pocahontas and that was my favorite Disney movie. So that's the only one I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like uh, another kid's movie that my sister watched all the time. She'll be able to remind me of the name. <laughs> what I did not have was a, like a completely extravagant bedroom dedicated to myself yeah, <laughs> uh, this you know I feel like I see something new each time we see Rory in that room and this time it was this framed poster yes. of Justin Timberlake <laughs> I know I couldn't believe it like framed like framed and like a, a gilded a picture frame. yeah so a picture of Justin Timberlake in that house is weird enough but to frame a poster I know in, like, anything other than the, like, $5 plastic frame. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just ridiculous. So the next morning, Rory is still at the Gilmore's, and they have a nice morning. She reads the newspaper with Richard, which is sweet. Meanwhile, Lorelai is at Luke's, and this is when she's filling him in. We realize she didn't call him before. I thought his reaction was very heartwarming. He... She says Rory had a fight and she ran away. And Luke is like, what? And he's really worried. But then she's like, oh, she's fine. And he says, like, you'd scare a person to death. And um, once again, he's just so protective. And they get into this whole, like, um, tag tag teaming on hating Dean, (laughs) which, like, Lorelai and Luke are very good at. And they ultimately wind up with this suggestion suggestion from Luke. He says they should um, key Taylor's car. (laughs) tell taylor that dean did it and then also tell him that dean littered and walks his dog without a leash (laughs) which was really funny couldn't imagine what taylor's wrath would have been (laughs) i know right they couldn't film it it would have been too terrible (laughs) this scene had my lorelei's closet um nomination for something that lorelei was wearing for once it was she had this like forest green um I couldn't tell if it was corduroy or a denim mm-hmm. jacket, and I I love that color, forest green, and I don't yeah. think it's used nearly enough in clothing, mm-hmm. um, probably for some logistical reason about the dye. I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. Usually she's wearing, like, blue 
obviously because of her eyes or mm-hmm. like kind of ter- tones of red yeah so i don't know if we've really seen her in that much green actually i think maybe the last time she wore a green shirt that was also my lorelei's closet it's the green but i loved it <laughs> yeah um so lorelei i think is a bit worked up at this moment to be in her headspace it's like she rory ran away she was like up all night thinking and like she said she was actually driving, like, halfway to Hartford and then back because she couldn't tell if she should just go get her. Um, she's hot off, like, her and Luke just really, like, lashing into Dean. <laughs> and so when she walks by the market, she decides to go in and basically, like, accost Dean. <laughs> and this was my Friday night dinner critique. mine, too. Okay. Good. Yeah, because I'm like, it's one thing... With you and Luke to be having fun, you know, of course you're protective of your daughter. It's all fun and games to be like, yeah, we'll go key Dean's car, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, Dean is just a teenager, like a minor. Lorelai's mm-hmm. a full-grown adult who finds it okay to go walk into his workplace and just berate him loudly <laughs> in front of everyone. Yeah. It's completely inappropriate. If you had a problem with him, invite him to, like, a sit-down talk, you know? Like, I'd like to talk to you about this. When are you available? Are you interested in having this talk at all? But, of course, like, so just so, so inappropriate. But also, I think her anger is misplaced in the first place. Like, even if he was a jerk to Rory, at this point, if she's been, like, in a funk due to her breakup for weeks and weeks, like that's ultimately going to be on Rory. You know, like, if Rory's mm-hmm. crabby around you, if Rory's lashing out at you, just because she was hurt, like, it's still her behavior. And that's something you need to work through with her. Yelling at Dean is not going to change anything mm-hmm. at all. And it's, yeah. And Dean mentions that the whole town has been looking at him like he's a criminal, which I feel like goes back to my earlier comment about how Stars Hollow can be such, like, a panopticon almost of like everyone sees everything and you will be punished if you like yeah so I don't know what what did you think about when you named this as your Friday night dinner critique too I was thinking pretty much the same thing I thought it was way out of line for Lorelai to do this she like calls Dean scum at some point it's just it's so ridiculous and She also goes into this confrontation without knowing the details, and she doesn't seem to admit this to herself. Everybody is convinced that Dean broke up with Rory and that Dean was the bad person in this situation. I'm not saying Rory was the bad person in their breakup, but everybody's, like, just assuming that Dean did something terrible. Mm -hmm. And the fact is that It was kind of a mutual breakup because Dean said he loved her. She said nothing. Dean couldn't abide by that, which, I mean, we talked about at the time. But, I mean, it's fair if you're in a relationship and both of you want different things or one of you's not meeting or you're, like, not meeting each other in the same place and you can't live with that, then that's a legitimate reason to break up. Mm -hmm. But to just assume that Dean was terrible to Rory is just ridiculous and she didn't even have any of the details yeah 
I was glad that by the end she finally found out. He's like, Mm -hmm. I said I love her, and now Evie thinks I'm a jerk. And, yeah, as we said, like, well, he reacted like a jerk when she didn't say I love you (laughs) back. But he's making a really good point, and I think he has been treated unfairly, especially at this moment right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I like your comment about Lorelai, like, displacing her frustration on him as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's true, I think that this goes that goes back to what we'd been saying about Rory earlier. She she's protected all the time, and she also never has to take responsibility for her own actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in this, like, she's not having to take responsibility for just pulling herself out of it, which I know is easier said than done, mm-hmm. and it takes time. But at the same time, like, you're right; it's not Dean's fault at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah, it's like. Of course, it's we can identify the breakup as like the reason that she's feeling that way, but it doesn't act mm-hmm. as an excuse, you know, for her actions in the way that she's been lashing out at like Lorelai or Lane, for example. Like they can sympathize with her, but still <laughs> expect a modicum, a modicum of like respect and <laughs> good treatment. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, yeah, to be a teenager, oh, it's hard. <laughs> I can barely remember. So after Lorelai accosts Dean, <laughs> the next thing we see is um, her showing up at Emily and Richards. And she had originally just been planning to like call and see if Roy wanted to come home. Or at least that's what Emily wanted her to do. Of course, she's trying to keep Rory for as long as possible. <laughs> but I think it was a good thing that Lorelai showed up, especially because yeah. she had just found out about the actual cause of the breakup and when she walks into Rory's room like Rory kind of immediately goes to hug her and says that she's sorry <laughs> my cat is inspecting my entire setup I love it but I thought it was a great reconciliation it kind of showed that even though Rory was still upset about everything she like kind of realized that she needed Lorelai and missed Lorelai. Right. So after Bori apologizes, they are resolving things between them. At this point, Lorelai asks her, like, hey, I went to have a chat with Dean. And I put chat in quotation marks because she was doing more than chatting with him. But she says, like, oh, I discovered, you know, can you tell me what actually happened? Because I've learned some new information, basically. And they both agree that, like, oh, it must have been so rough on him when you didn't say I love you back. And, yeah, he looks so hurt. And at this point, Lorelai starts to go on this. um, She starts to, like, explain to Rory her concerns about if she's teaching her enough about, like, love and relationships and commitment and things like that. And she goes into this really sweet, like, explanation of, like, just because... I have my own commitment issues doesn't mean I don't want you to feel like comfortable to say I love you when you feel ready to do that with someone because you need to like fully express it so that you can fully experience it basically which I thought was like a really almost like profound kind of like talk from Lorelai about love and romance and stuff and I found I was like that's such good advice. Yeah I thought that Lorelai's realization here was really good. It also kind of gave us an idea about 
like where she's coming from with her current relationship and the weirdness with or not the weirdness but the potential with max yeah um and like why she maybe hadn't told told rory about anything and apparently nobody else either (laughs) in the rest of the episode we basically see lorelei and rory returning to stars hollow uh, we see Rory get dropped off at Lane's house, and we don't hear any dialogue in this moment, but they do hug. So I think we get the impression that Rory was apologizing to Lane, rightfully so. And once again, you know, their friendship is the best. Like, I think it's, I like the representation of them not being perfect, you know? They're not always getting along. They do have these fights that I think come from, like, places that make sense and then they have um apologies and like they make up in a way that makes sense too like it's just the best I love their friendship (laughs) um yeah yeah, it's really sweet sometimes thinking back on like especially high school relationships or friendships depending on how close you were with a friend sometimes it was almost just easier to (laughs) like never make up and just always hate each other after that so I'm really glad that that doesn't happen with Rory and Lane obviously they also have way more of a foundation than a lot of other friendships but Mm -hmm. I also feel like I I don't I feel like I didn't get in like fights very often with my friends Mm -hmm. as often I see as I see on like shows based on high school lives like we definitely would not always get along but it would usually be like if you you would just be like annoyed with someone or you Mm -hmm. might like be in like a minor tiff you know I was never like yelling at my friend like I'm gonna push you in the street or anything like that but I think you have to heighten the drama right for tv yeah um like I can't bring myself to watch euphoria even though I see people Uh, tweeting about it constantly because I'm like At this point, I'm just like, I'd be just sad for all the young kids. You know, I'd be like, no, Mm -hmm. why can't you all just get along? Don't do quite so many drugs or whatever they do on that show. (laughs) So after we see Rory and Lane make up, the last scene is Lorelai getting home. Um, She pulls out her address book, calls Max and says that she's about to tell everybody about them. Mm-hmm. And then she proceeds to do just that, <laughs> calling yeah, she random calls people Richie first, <laughs> whoever yeah. that is. So I thought it was a very promising note to end on. You kind of get a little bit of an idea of what's coming for the season finale, mm-hmm. which I can't believe, but it's next week. I know. Can't wait for season two. <laughs> I know. I'm ready for it, but I've enjoyed season one as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you anyone listening if you've enjoyed season one so far too then you should send us a gazebo moment and you can do that by emailing us at talking fast gmail talking fast gmail talking fast podcast at gmail.com go a bit slower and you can send that in a written form or you could also send a voice memo if you'd like to be featured within the show and we'd ask that you keep it under a minute or you could send your gazebo moment to us on Instagram, either through a DM or by commenting on our weekly gazebo moment post as well. <laughs> That's so funny. Great. Your cat <laughs> wants to share a gazebo moment right now. <laughs> yeah, my cat 
uh, is very excited about the um, Le Chat Club. He wants <laughs> to be a member. <laughs> okay, anyways, um, until next time then. Yeah, talk to you soon. <laughs>